I had such a dream last night. I was floating above the trees, with my lips connected to those of a beautiful figure. Whose lips? Welcome, everybody. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry. I gotta look at the camera. Sorry. <laughs> I am your host, Sharon Smith, like I said again. And we're here. We talk about movies, poetic movies that are talking about poets, poetry, hip hop, anything in the sorts, and trying to see if we recommend it to non poets and the poetry community. I am here with my co-hosts, Auntie Vice and Marvin. Say what up. What, what up? up? Wow. <laughs> and today we have a guest. If y'all, <laughs> I like to give y'all another my sweet, sensational Danielle. Woo! Welcome. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So uh, glad what? to have you here, Metzinger. Metzinger, Danielle Metzinger. That's right. <laughs> Unusual. Easy to remember, hopefully. We'll see. Oh, no. But we've known Danielle. I've known Danielle because she's um, also been affiliate of the SPC and has done a lot in SPC as well as Red and Luna's and other places. And she was happening to be starting to do a chat book, but I'm not sure if she's stopped this, stalled it, but it's in the works. It right. is in the works. Um, I, I have um, challenged myself with um, an upcoming uh, writing every day type of challenge. I found it um, from an artist named ADK Chalina, and she's okay. doing a prompt each day of February. And so I'm looking forward to that. And I might, hey, I might produce enough content for a chapbook. I'll keep you posted. Oh, on. Okay. We'll see. Well, but, you know, it'll be good to get the habit back because, you know, things yeah. just went upside down and sideways. So yeah. I'm trying to get back into it. You know what I mean? Very inspiring. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel like just especially with sheltering in place. Like everybody I remember was like when sheltering in place started, everybody was going, we're all going to be so creative. We're going to find so many yeah. ways to do all these things. Have you not met yourself? Prior to pandemic, <laughs> uh, if you weren't doing that prior, what makes you think you're going to do it now? Have you not been stuck inside the house with yourself the whole time? <laughs> not happening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless I, I suddenly gained a sense of discipline that I've never yeah. exhibited in my life. <laughs> but no. <laughs> so but, hopefully this challenge will do me some good in that yeah. area. <laughs> Jokes aside, best of luck. Very inspiring stuff. I really do wish you the best. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll keep you all posted on it. <laughs> oh, she keeps us posted on it. We're going to today talk about the 2009 film Bright Star, starring Ben um, Wishaw, Abby Cornish. 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 <laughs> Cornish. Cornish. That's um, right, Auntie Vice. You correct him. You correct Paul him. Snyder. Uh, to- um, one one gentleman I've seen that was that was on there I saw a lot of was the one that plays Samuel um, Thomas Brody. Uh, yep, Thomas he's Brody's been on plenty of things. Sanger. He's been on Game of Thrones. He's now on uh, Queen yeah. Gambit. Like he's had a pretty nice little career going on. Like, oh, yeah. Prolific young oh, yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been on a lot of stuff. Man. He's been in another movie too. He's been on some Christmas movie. Love. <laughs> he's been on Love Actually. 
Love Actually. There we go. Yeah, he was in that Love Actually. And so it this so this movie so this movie was in 2009. Uh, it was um it was directed by um Jane um Cramps Crampson Campion. Champion. So it'd be Campion. Campion. Yeah. And on screen, and she also did the screenplay for it. Uh, it basically got a few. It got a few awards, um, mostly for best actor, and a few and national um, film critics enjoyed it. It also got British Independent Film Award, Satellite um, Special Achievement Award. Basically, just went down the line. It didn't get an Academy Award, so that's one thing. This is somewhat of a British film, so you can understand why that's a difference and stuff. But this one, the water very. <laughs> True, but let's uh, let's give the the highlight story of it. So the synopsis of the movie is that if this is in 1818, a high spirited um, Fanny P- um, Braun, um, played by Abby, um, finds herself increasingly intrigued by a handsome but aloof poet, John Keyes, who lives next door to the family's ha- the family friend, the um, the the Dilks, the Dickies. D A D I L K E S. Dilks. Dilks. Yeah. After yeah. reading the book of his poetry, she finds herself even more drawn by um to um Keys. Although he agrees to teach her poetry, Keys cannot act on his his feelings for Fanny since the struggling artist has no money to support a wife. Now, with all that information and stuff, let's bring that to y'all. How do you think about the movie, Danielle? I thought it was romantic and like capital R romantic, like from the literary era perspective, um, very much um, incorporating nature and natural imagery, um, incorporating um, obviously like the highs and lows of emotions that people have when they're infatuated with someone. And um, so really captured a lot of the, range you know of what what romantic poets and writers were very interested in so i found it very romantic uh in that sense what about you marvin what do you think about it oh man i'm gonna sound like a jerk it okay i'm gonna preface this with if Marvin in 2009 saw this with the straight up long hair with blonde highlights, wearing girl skinny jeans, listening to the old school emo shit that he used to love listening to, that he still loves listening to, <laughs> without any growth of character to what he is now, he would have loved this. He would have under, he would have empathized with every part of this movie. He would have loved everything about this in the same way that Danielle did, but. Now, jaded, pragmatic, and more of a pessimist than he was. Oh man, the moment Fanny's like, "I gotta kill myself." I know, right? <laughs> All I could think about is like, "Dude, fuck him, fuck him. He's an idiot. Fuck him. If he's gonna be that much of a mope, fuck him, fuck him." It's 2021. God damn it, women are making OnlyFans, <laughs> screwing simp's over, and here you are. Fawning over some lame girl, yes. <laughs> but that being said, that being said, <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm lukewarm about it. Fair enough. <laughs> yes, that's a man that's single for a long time. Okay, hey, <laughs> gotta call me uh, out like that. <laughs> um, 
I didn't realize it was a Jane Campion film. I hadn't paid attention to that part of the credits. Hmm. So knowing that, it was much better than her other stuff. Like, I hated the piano. Oh. I hated the piano. Every minute of the piano I hated. Um, I did not understand why people liked that film. So for her, it was an improvement. Um, but like her other films, she needs an editor. She needs a serious editor. Um, I do think Danielle was right in that it captured the romantic period, especially with all the nature. And it was worth it for watching the pictures of the estate because God, where they filmed it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was so pretty. Um, if they would have, have done away with the script and just let the characters walk around on this, I would have been much happier. I'm, yeah. you know, after watching this, I'm not going to lie. Me, pure city rat. All I can do is survive <laughs> in a city. You cannot, you can pay me thousands upon thousands of dollars, maybe millions, and you would still not get me to lo- move to the countryside. <laughs> watching this, watching this movie, God, I just want to move to the countryside and just play in the meadows. It's so pretty. Like a yeah. summer home, you know, in the, yeah. in the wars, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree, though. It definitely was slow, slow. And there was a lot of, like, mm-hmm. really unnecessary dialogue. And, uh-huh. yeah, it was not, like, a complete joy <laughs> the whole time to watch. I um, told Sherrod last night, like, the last 30 minutes, I was just rooting for him to die because the film would be over. <laughs> See, so here's the thing. They kept referring to her as Miss Ms. Braun. So yeah. part of me throughout the movie was like, okay, she's a fake, fake individual. Like she's not a real individual. The moment this movie finished and I looked it up, I'm I was actually surprised to find out like almost everything about her was very real. Their mm. romance was very real. Yeah. Like the events leading up to his death was very real. And they remained in constant correspondence. Like, oh, that's that's nice. I hope it wasn't that dead. Like the romance wasn't that toxic. That well, and that, I think that's I don't know what emo teenagerish. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid it. She, re- <laughs> she refuses to let her her characters actually be human. They're these over-the-top, 12-year-old, immature people that you just want to hit. And have you ever met English people that are that fucking expressive? I'm sorry. Let's just... Oh, my God. Like, the these are the most expressive fucking wasp ever. The moment she has to start a butterfly farm, and she's like, tell mother to get me a knife. It, I had immediate flashbacks to, like... My 17-year-old, so I was like, I'm going to cut my wrist and black my eyes out because this girl won't like me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so this Ooh, okay. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'm, I'm fresh off of Netflix's wonderful series, Bridgerton. Yes. So I'm already <laughs> feeling yeah, the yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's what I thought. different in time, but not much, you know? And so I'm, I'm sort of like thinking about that. I absolutely, personally, I absolutely love Bridgerton. Um, you know, very British, but they, but they're more like, um, they have their emotions in, in private, you know, in Bridgerton, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and they have a lot more of a developed character and stuff. So I, I think I was like, un- unfortunately mentally kind of comparing them just because I had recently <laughs> watched that. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know if, is anybody else? Was anybody else? Doing no, that? I, I no. know. Okay. He was so <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Like, I gotta uh, agree. You know, teen teen drama oh my god and so not typically british for that time period you would not have people flailing across like crying like if you've read any of the the romantic like any thomas hardy any of the bronte sisters this was not shit that would have gone on like 
Wow. See, I didn't read the I old school English. Him. I wanted to hit him. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read the old school English, but I'm on the other side of you, Daniel. I just finished The Great on Hulu. So instead of the romantic side, I'm more on the, yeah, go girl, go fucking shit up. Tell them and <laughs> oh, the great is excellent. Oh yeah, I love it. So yeah, I'm, I'm right. the what opposite. a contrast of female yeah. leads there. Yeah. Like whoa, <laughs> exactly. So I'm on the other spectrum of shit where it's like, yeah, you do your thing and own shit, own shit. So I'm on the other spectrum of it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, so with that all in mind, a lot of the, a lot of the poems that were put on here um, were. One poem was they mostly came from his um book um idiom, uh, his um book that she actually read when she sent her brother and brother and sister to go get. They came from that book. Uh, one um was when I have when I have fear that I may cease to be. Uh, the eve of Saint um Agnes. Uh, the ode to ode to a nightingale. And even the title of the uh, title poem of the movie, Bright Star. These are poems that were on the mo- that were actually on in the movie and stuff. I mean, I noticed a lot of it was, you know, they do a little they do little segments or they won't say the whole poem. They'll be like little inklings and stuff. But these are some of the poems that do some of the where it came from and stuff and a lot of it. So so with that in mind, did you how much have uh, any of y'all know about Keith, uh, John Keith? So here's the thing. Okay. One of the things I really wish this movie showed, and this again might be the jaded individual in me who loves to have like have turmoil with the outside world rather than myself. I really did wish they focused a little also on the control figure that he was, because a lot of his work apparently was deemed controversial because they thought despite the ye old English that he wrote in, was overly sexualized. They found it to be overtly explicit, which, again, I understand nowadays we don't see it that way. We don't understand subtlety with sexuality in that way. But during the time that it was in, like 1818, that was considered extremely controversial. I think it would have been cool on the flip side of also him going, I'm too poor to marry you, Fanny. Also have outside forces going, this is an extremely problematic individual because apparently their love was very devoted, like tumultuous as it seemed in the movie. They had a very devoted love and it would have been really cool on top of his own misgivings about marrying her and not being able to provide for her. It would have been very cool to see how the world viewed him too and how mr brown kept trying to oppose their relationship at the same time because he wanted um keats to continue to create oh also by the way totally thought he was oh, yeah totally, totally thought, thought that was gonna yeah was and so i was gonna there. be oh. so okay and i i would have been completely okay with that storyline too i would yeah. love to see that yeah. too but that aside i kind of do wish they showed that controversy in his character a lot more too but for whatever reason we don't want to show that with the old school poets we want to mask them in this pure light for some stupid reason on for the sake of purity puritanism (laughs) you know as you're bringing that up and i had this thought as i was um looking at the oh sorry if i cut out there um Uh i was thinking about that type of thing too um with uh 
all of the natural imagery that they were showing, they were showing birds and bees, literally. Um, they were showing um, locks and keys. They were showing all these images that are traditionally, you know, poetic devices for, mm -hmm. you know, sexuality, right? And it made me think about, like, John Donne or Marvell of who would have been, like, 200 years prior to Keats, right? But right, they, right. Were, they were writing those types of poems, love poems, or things that seemed religious but were really about getting it on, you know? <laughs> so I felt like I was picking up on some of those themes, right, with this. And I, I thought that was trying to put it in a context for, from a literary perspective to an extent. Maybe I was reading too much into those. Things. <laughs> what are you saying, No, I, I think she was really working in, you know, that into it. But to, what didn't work for me was you could have explored how Keith was controversial and the mores around sexuality in England at that time and how that played into class differences and everything mm -hmm. like that. And that story would have really availed itself to that. Um, instead, her way of dealing with it, it was to make him like these overdramatic, prepubescent, <laughs> right. you know, which was just made them obnoxious yeah. and, and yeah. unbelievable. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying this. Like, She's in these classes with this French instructor to learn per, per, you know, proper dance etiquette and, you know, all of these things. And yet she's throwing herself on the floor and his, <laughs> he didn't return a letter in time. Right. You don't get that text back. You know, you just throw yourself across the room <laughs> in English. Right? <laughs> get my knife for me. No, but no, I agree. Obviously, I agree. Like, I think portraying that sexuality and dude this movie went through some strides to portray that like fanny literally like dude the director literally made her wear so many low cut top low cut dress but at the same time you're right if they at least showed some of his controversy at least showed some of the sexuality mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't have fluffed up the plot but it definitely would have given it this movie more color it would have given more depth to the film in a way in my opinion it may it have moved it more faster so you're not rooting for him to die the last 30 That's minutes. That's true. I think what I, what I think she was trying to do with this movie is really spotlight Fanny. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's about John Keats, but it's not about John Keats. It's about her, mm -hmm. which was unfortunate because I think it would have been much better if it was about both of them mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it, but it, I can see what she's trying to do. I think, you know, this is the muse, like capital M muse for this mm -hmm. Bowen, ooh la la. Yeah. But because she wasn't super, like, carrying things forward in a really dynamic or rich or complex way, it just sort of fell flat and made it really mm -hmm. two-dimensional. But it's, so it's, yeah, it's it's a pity that, that there was a choice that was made to really overly focus on her and only mm -hmm. seeing her in her house with her family and stuff like that. And there was just like, missed opportunities to really build out the story, you know? You know what's interesting, too? This movie... During the time we got very good reviews and ratings, the actress who played Fanny even got a lot of notoriety because of mm. her performance. And the funny thing is, like looking at it now, like I, I personally don't think it's aged very well. Obviously, I don't think it's aged very well. I will still, I'm still willing to admit that me 10, 11, 12 years ago would have fucking loved this movie. Really? Me being the way I am, you know, knowing me the way I was then, I would have fucking loved this movie. I want me a girl who fawns over me like that. Now, dude, if a woman cannot find a way to like live her life outside of our relationship, that, that that's hugely problematic. Wow. It is. I mean, so like I said, like I think this 
hasn't aged well in that regard. And I know it's going to probably be controversial for me to say this, but I actually think Brown, the guy who played Brown, the character. Brown, yeah. Yeah, I thought his would have been a very interesting storyline. I thought he was a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. What What is the real reason you are this against a relationship and you mm-hmm. continually emit this sudden flow of emotion for Keats? You cannot tell me you do not have some romantic feeling for this man, even though you have been married out of wedlock. There is no way in hell, no way in hell that you're going to have me believe that this is a straight man. Remember when he held his hand very tenderly in front of Oh the my God, I thought I he was going to kiss him. I thought he was going to like <laughs> emit some emotion. And then when he go like at the ending scene when Keats died and Fanny was going... I want you to admit it. And then he finally goes, I did not think he would wind himself this tightly around my heart. Man's in love. This man's in love. Well, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. He was a romantic poet. Yes, he was a romantic poet. And I also very firmly believe he was also a poet who was romantically in love with Keats. Well, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, it, it It did surprise me on the fact that the biggest situation that they kept on bringing back up was the fact that he wasn't financially stable to marry, to have a wife. So they always, a lot of you notice, a lot of the women were trying to tell her this guy's no good because he can't, he can't afford you. He can't afford, you know, he can't get you a house. He can't get you anything. So you should stop trying to, I think, I think all the things in the world, Every person in this movie was trying hard to tell her he's no good. Just leave. He's no good. But they still- that's the only thing she got right about, you know, English mores at that period is it would have been a class issue. I'm so glad that like we no longer as a society has to view marriage as providing or use it as some political or business gain. But that, like, no, but again, well, but some people do. There's some point, yeah, you still need that. We, we, we had that the last four years as an example at the head of the mm-hmm. country. Okay, fun, a- fun, fun. Okay, that aside, <laughs> that, that aside, God, again, this movie did not age well. And yeah. I felt like the mom just flipped, like, for me, flipped back and forth a lot. First, she's like, oh, let me invite Keith over for din- Christmas dinner as a very, clear courting like i approve of this courting then all of a sudden i don't approve because of the way he makes you act and then back to oh mr keats you come back healthy and marry her daughter and then again how is he going to provide it was just such a flip, yeah like it was such a flip <laughs> back and forth i can accept yeah. it like happening once but i can't accept it happening two fucking times or it's like okay i changed my mind again i take it back I With again, no damn them. good reason to change. Yeah, mind. exactly. I mean, right, like, and nothing's, nothing's happened differently. <laughs> you know, I remember at the very beginning of the movie, before Fanny and John Keats kind of like, you know, they're kind of flirtatious, but they're not really in a relationship yet. Like, I remember she talks about um, the fact that she is like a seamstress and she likes to make dresses and stuff, and she kind of throws it in the poet's face, saying, "Well, I could actually make money doing this." Entering out, poet's got to do a bit of writing. My stitching has more merit and admirers than your two scribblings put together. And I can make money from it. Unlike, unlike you guys, what you do, your craft, you know? Right. And I remember that coming up very early on. And then, like, that just went away. Like, was yeah, that never an option on the table? Like, 
Could she have been like a cool dressmaking lady? Like maybe they could have made it work. I guess that just was out of the question. I don't know. But she brought oh it up. God. No, I completely I... forgot about that. I completely <laughs> forgot about it because she's like explained her seamstress abilities several times in the first 20 minutes of the film. You're right. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. I was what? just so exasperated by this sudden teenage flow of emotions that I completely <laughs> forgot about apparently her ability to sew. She had that going for her. I guess that just went out the window. I well, don't no, know. This, unfortunately, it's, it's still, and even in this time, it's still looked at as the man's supposed to be the provider of the house. So it would have yeah, been a gender thing. Yes. It's all, this whole thing was gender. But remember, remember, First, she um she was in love with his brother Tom. Oh yeah, so she was supposed to go out with be with Tom through the whole time when they were courting, and then unfortunately Tom died, and then she like she like um um John. Yo, this is some Jerry Springer shit right here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you remember when she met him, she met him. She, even though he he she read her his book and stuff, and they had a little talk. Tom was watching, looking over, going, "What are you doing?" And when he came <laughs> over, he took her took her away. So he was like, mm, "Yeah, still my brother." And it wasn't until he actually died. Then and then he's like, "Oh well, yeah, you know. yeah." You're very did. right. You're right. Yeah, I think I do recall <laughs> that some straight up Jerry Springer shit. But at the same time, I'm still like to mention. Where if the man is the provider, again, let us 2021, if I find myself a wife and she's the breadwinner, I'm okay with being the arm candy. Okay. All right, <laughs> All right <Yeah>. trophy. <laughs> look, look at me. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not even bothering. But <laughs> okay. going to the more to it. So let's, let's look into some of the, um, some of the um, characters. So Lord Braun, um, Brian. He was basically, like you said, he had a bromance with him. He was, a, he was also another poet, but, but fortunately for him, he had money with his, um, from his being a lordship and stuff. He had money that he can basically use, but he was using Keith as a way to get, to be a poet and get his stuff out. So Keith was kind of his, um, not his mentor, but kind of his partner trying to make more um, books and stuff for poetry. Um, but as we saw, Fanny and him had a always had issues. They always Fanny did not like him. He did not like him one bit, and he knew that. And he was just kind of used it against her all the time. And I think the thing that caught my attention, though, and I told Auntie Vice this, was the fact that when she uh, when she pointed out about his eyes being sh- suitcase brown, and everyone got a little laugh about that. And then when the Valentine's came, he sent her a Valentine's card as a what? A suitcase. And, you know, she, you know, it was like, you know, she looked at it like, mm-hmm. and funny enough, Keith got upset, wondering, well, why are you trying? Are you trying to get with her now? And he's like, no, I'm just making a little joke. Why are you so mad? He even, he even, he even picked him up and put him to the tree. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, and then he asked her and she was like, ah, nah, nah, nah. What do you mean? Speak. This this whole thing was again, <laughs> like I said. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sharon. Go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just I'm just implying that it's funny how they both had angst. They had both um moments where they just were so fatuated with each other 
that almost made them almost violently lose control. They they just they're pulse, you know, they're passionate. But I think that that's how Jane Campion handles emotion in every film. Really? There is no subtlety about it. People are at extremes and nobody has developed it beyond about a 14-year-old. I've never seen a grown-ass a character in any one of her films. Like, I think she personally has issues that she's trying to work out <laughs> because no character is a fucking adult. Even an adult? Let's see, how long has she been directing? Now I'm interested because, again... Too long. Too many movies. Like, again, <laughs> like I'm saying... and go to therapy. I'm seriously <laughs> saying this right now. She She developed this movie during the emo phases of my life. And again... This would have appealed to me as an emo child who wore girl jeans and all that shit. Like, there is no way she was not in like her early twenties when this came out. Because, like, I, I swear to God, this could only come out of a wo- person who was that into the scene. Like, well, I, she's well, except that. Yeah, I've seen. So this is fifty-six. So this ten years. She ago, was in her forties when this was fifties. Like, I've seen yeah. drag queens with more subtlety. I refuse to believe this is not a teenage woman who is making this film. <laughs> yeah. She was capturing the zeitgeist of that generation, oh I guess. You know? <laughs> no, no, like, fucking star Bianca Del Rio in it, and she would have a more subtle performance yeah. than any Jane Campion character. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, like, like you said, Sharon, like, no, I think you are right. This was a very, this was definitely. Brown was definitely more of like that business producer role to whatever Keats was. Like he definitely was the well, buff daddy to the B.I.G. Like well, essentially, he was. Well, they, both, they both worked together on making a play. Remember, he did. Yeah, a play with and him. I actually would have liked to see that, like being part of the plot line rather than like, well, Keats had a very notable career. But we're gonna look past this. I would have re- again. I think I really would have liked to see something that showed. Keats have like this career moment where he wanted to pursue that more. The controversies that plagued his life, his short life, might I add, and how Fanny wanted to try to fit herself into this. I think that would have made a very more realistic and fleshed out story, in my opinion. Well, that, that, let's, let's go on with that right there. Because you, you think about it, Fanny wanted to move with him so badly. I mean, she tried two times to move with him. She wanted to go to Italy with him, and she wanted to go. And when he basically, well, Bronze brought, um, Brian brought it up saying, Hey, man, did you tell her that you're going to be going to the island this summer? You're not going to be here. And she was like, And he was like, Sorry, thing. But <sighs> then ran out. Going. I ain't gonna lie. Me and I, I, I asked him. I said, "What just happened?" Because I was confused. He literally stopped the movie and he's like, "Are you following this shit?" Because her emotions don't make any sense here. Like, he'd go away for the summer. Like, why is she flipping out? I'm like, I'm as lost as hey, you are. Man, like, it makes no this, fucking sense. Hey man, this is ye olde England. When 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 shit happens, it happens like to hardcore degrees. Apparently. It was to the Isle of Wight. It's not even like I'm gonna hit Fire Island for a party summer and then be back, girl. Like that, I could have almost understood. He's going to the Isle of Wight. Yeah, I mean, it was like you know, he was, and she ran to her mom crying in her you know, crying in her body. Ah, he betrayed me. I'm still. I, I can still not forget 
her telling her little sister toots to tell her mother to jab the fucking knife i'm not gonna get over that i will never get over that that is severely fucked up in so many ways and so traumatic and just that's so relatable at the same time because again 17 year old bargain would have been that stupid with his emotions So let's go into that with Toots. Um, so Toots was her little sister, was Fanny's little, little sister. sister. Yeah. But, but Toots had so many things that even surprised me. I mean, beyond beyond being her little sister, you know, waking up, being trying to be inspired by her stuff, Fanny would leave her and Samuel and just ran out. And they'd be like, where are you going? You have to be with us. Where are you going? I remember, I remember when Toots told her, because I think I think they were going to um I'm not sure. Was it going to like Keith's mother's house or something like that, or somebody knew? Into the village. Yeah, he went yeah. to the village, and Keith and and, and Toots told Fanny, "It smells here. Can we go?" And oh. she said, "No, keep over there." I was like, "Toots is trying to get out." She, Toots, Toots was the most well-spoken person out of the whole group that wanted to make moves, and I was confused of why Fanny was just looking at her like, "I don't just shut up." Let me do what I want to do and keep the heck on. <laughs> Everyone else, I mean, beyond Samuel, and Samuel only spoke a few times. I mean, I don't know if he was trying to be the man of the house or something, but Samuel only spoke a few times. But Toots was always, Toots found him, found Keith lying into the line. I thought he was dead. I ain't gonna lie. I thought mm-hmm. she found a dead body. She was playing and they found a dead body and ran in. I was like, so, so we just now look at dead bodies like this. What's going on here? I know. I feel like she was there for all of these weird, like, moments, and, like, she's just, like, this little kid, like, Mm -hmm. I guess it's, like, yeah, she's discovering things, but they were, like, weird, and I noticed that, too. They kept bringing her into all these scenes to discover things or to, like, see them making out, and it's, like, oh, she saw them, or she's about to see them, you know, whatever, and I just was, like, I I don't really understand, but I guess it was, like, to kind of bring, like, a a childlike wonder perspective um innocence because you know that might have been part of the romantic era uh, yeah i was I, I was trying to overanalyze the symbolism of it because it was just so bad i was like it can't be just that bad it has to be symbolic like it, i had to <laughs> no, intellectualize it, it to like, get through <laughs> it can be that bad like it was it, is. <laughs> it, it, it did point out some stuff that even i was surprised with. but if, but as we go through the movie and stuff we see that um, we see that Kisa's having some kind of fatuation. He, he basically wants to teach her how to do poetry. So she she wants to learn. She said, I want to learn poetry. So the biggest thing that he brought out that was interesting to me was he said, poetry is a carcass. It's a sham. It's yeah. a, if you don't know poetry now, you got to know poetry just like the leaves on if a it tree. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, if it doesn't come naturally, yeah. then... Mm. So, so it's... It's fun. Since I got a lot of poets here, so I got I got <laughs> since I got a lot of poets here. Let, let me ask y'all: Do you feel the same way? Do you do you uh, do you think what Keith's saying is? Well, it doesn't have to be true or not, but do you, how do you feel about when he said that? I think open micers will love him. <laughs> he just pours from my soul like this, and I don't need to edit or learn any you know rules or devices. My meter doesn't matter. It's all free verse now, and it just pours from me. 
Okay. Danielle, how do you feel about that? Okay. I, I mean, right there with you. I just was thinking about it in a different way, I think. Um, but uh, he also mentions what something I did like that he said was um, that like a poet is, and I actually wrote it down, something like doesn't have their own identity. They take on different selves. Mm-hmm. They're the least, they're the most non-poetical of creatures or something of that nature. I'm totally misquoting that, but he has some sort of very profound sounding statement about poets themselves as not having kind of their own identity if you will and i thought that was interesting and it kind of i can kind of see that where they're maybe more observing or they're more um taking things in to their you know having a especially in the romantic period it would have been like sensory you know experiences sensual experiences and taking those things in and trying to kind of bring those back to the reader and so i was like okay i can kind of see where he was going with that like the poet's sort of like an empty vessel and sort of being filled by everything going on around them and maybe they don't have a whole lot you know of their of their own in this in this person's view anyway and i could see that you know because i think when we're when you know part of being a poet is sometimes yeah like basically taking yourself out of that situation and paying attention to it um so you're sort of in things and you're sort of outside of them at the same time um in terms of you know trying to describe an image or or an experience or something like that so I felt like I could track where he was going with it. I mean, it was just, he kind of got these couple of profound statements in there. You know, it was sort of, you know, <laughs> uh, like when someone's trying to sound smart or they're trying to sound interesting or you're at a party or something, it just sort of reminded me of that. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, I think, I think he was onto something. I don't know. I'd like to hear your hey, Well, except he says that and then they bring in the poem about you know him contemplating his own death and like he's front and center there and it's like True. these are the thoughts in my head like you're not being personal by, Again, I, yeah. this is real personal now here keith like yeah no i got i gotta agree with that like the whole carcass thing i mean i definitely gotta agree like that was a very fancy way of saying in like and i'm gonna quote myself on a previous episode where we were talking about Dude, it's just a very big masturbation of emotions. You're just essentially masturbating on your emotions for this specific art form. And then, again, nothing wrong with it. But the pure fact that he's self-aware. I make money that way. Yeah. Like, again, like I said, so as long as you're self-aware enough that you are continually, in his case, ripping, over, ripping open scab wounds to try to find relevancy and make money... I'm all for it. Like, as long as you're self-aware enough to understand that it's just a masturbation of emotions coming forward, I'm okay with that. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. Well, he was pretty much he, on point with that. I heard what he, he goes, you know, if, it was basically, if you don't already understand poetry and it doesn't pour forward from you, I can't teach you. And I thought, no, that's just a confession. You're a shitty teacher. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, you can't teach it because you don't understand it enough to tell somebody how to get it out of them. Like you're just a shitty teacher, is all that confession is. Yeah, exactly. It's not inspirational, or yeah, like you could have drawn it out. Or well, and honest to God, how many poets wake up and every poem they write has been like this head birth that they wake up with and it just flows forth from you. Like I've had two, two. <laughs> the rest yeah. of this shit is work. Like. <laughs> I mean, he did. They did have a point where where the kids were playing, and Keith and Keith was playing with the kid. Um, the kids started playing with Keith and stuff. And Lord Brian was like, uh, he was trying to think of you know, be out in the field trying to think mm-hmm. of something. And they Keith just threw a ball at his head because it was just like, come on, man, play with us or something. Stop, stop being right. And then he got it basically. We're gonna have to have to talk. <laughs> I know y'all are here, but we are working. 
we are working. I'm like, not really. <laughs> but they, again, <laughs> again, and I know controversial opinion on my part. I honestly kind of felt he was justified here. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can't, I, just... I can't believe I'm saying this right now. Like, 18-year-old me would, like, fucking try to shoot me right now. <laughs> but well, except if you've been working from home, you totally understand that, like, it looks like I'm doing nothing, but could you shut the fuck up? Yeah. Like, Sharon's gotten that look more than once this week. Like, I understand you're trying to have a conversation. <gasps> I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Like, no, no. It's like I, it's not even working from home. I'm like, oh man, when I'm trying to get myself in the zone, trying to write something, like, fuck off. <laughs> and like, and I and I get it on Brown's standpoint, where he's essentially funding the motherfucker, and I need you to do something. And then there's cursory distractions. On a standpoint where he's trying to find his way in the world through someone else vicariously, I kind of get it because, again, he's funding him. Yes. I get it. I don't agree with it <laughs> on some way in level, but I get it. I get his reasoning for it. I mean, I did, I did understand his dislike when he heard that they were moving in into, his, into the same place he was living at um, with the, dil- the Dilks. And he was just like, great. I'm still convinced that he was sexually pissed off that his sexual rival is now contending for Keats. I'm very convinced. Uh, well, but you saw how you saw how he was when Fan, when he sent that Valentine's card to Fanny. He Keats was ticked off at him. So technically, it's just just the fact that even, even if they had like a an actual he had an attraction to him, he was still. Hey man, when you get rejected, you say all kinds of things to that prove otherwise. I didn't happen. like you that much. <laughs> you thought I really was in love with you, huh? Yeah, no. Anybody will say anything when they get rejected that hard. Speaking of which, we found out that um, Lord Brown was having an affair with a new maid that came in, Abigail, and he actually instantly told Keith. Because Abigail, because Abigail told Fanny that that <laughs> and busted out. He was she the coolest man in the world. <laughs> and basically said, "I found out some information. Like somehow the the new one has having a baby. She's with child." And he was and he was trying to brush on like, "Oh, she is." Was uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. Or do you love her? Will you basically court her? I doing that but yeah, i might so i was it was surprising to see that even though he didn't he was just he was mostly in for the for you know the sexual part of it all he did become a father and even 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 his chagrin he didn't want to do it he did say i was gonna be responsible and be part of the child's life i mean he did was he was gonna go for the old fact Hey, I sent some money to her. Should she be fine? Like, no, you have to be there. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. And it did come to a shocker when um, when Keith's tuberculosis advanced because they basically say he was coming back from he was coming back from uh, um, when he was coming back from his um, trip. He didn't have a jacket and. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I got to find more information about it. People didn't story. understand tuberculosis. The idea is, you, you know, know, got you were cold, then you get developed it, which isn't. 
how it works. I, mean, I understand bronchitis, but you know, tuberculosis is a weird one. I was like, oh. but yeah, his, it is aggravated by cold weather. And so okay. a lot of times they'd send them to warmer climates, which is why they were sending them to Italy. In the U.S., oh um, there was a lot of places like in Tucson for people to recover from it, in Arizona, because that's where we sent folks in the U.S. to recover from it. Really? Okay. But just knowing that he basically had tuberculosis and was going through this I'm sick moment, and but it, it did it did start getting piano on me. I mean, it started looking like the the notebook or something, a piano where basically the guy's is basically broken or it has one arm or one foot and he can't do anything but a woman's taking care of his butt and he's over there just dead, dying with <coughs> blood, blood, blood. Okay, I love you. I love you. I was just like, okay. We're going to get into this little part here. Bye. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So speaking of which, so with this movie, with this movie as it's, as it's gone forward and stuff, we started noticing that um, Keith was going to have to, he, since his advancement of brokerosis was coming to his end, he was being sent, um, everyone was trying to send him away, trying to get him out, trying to basically divide those two. But it didn't get to the point where their love was so, as they point, their love is so strong that they must stick together. Um, side note, one thing that um, Auntie Vice pointed out was the butterflies. When they had the butterfly question. Oh, I did look out, it up. They are blue. So the blue butterflies that they have in there are not mm-hmm. indigenous to um, England. England yeah. does have large blue butterflies, the blue Adonis, but the blue butterfly they had was a different species from the rainforest. And mostly because it's, it was filmed in Australia. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why this. Mm. Is it's different. one of those things like when people find easing parking in San Francisco or New York, <laughs> that it'll piss me off in a film. Like having the wrong species of butterfly is what pissed me off. Oh I'm like, God. you've done so much. Say, like, this is so out of like, <laughs> so out of nowhere. Like, you got to tell me where this came from. But okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's those <laughs> it's those little details in a film that will yeah. piss me. I am still three years after I saw the film. I'm still mad. In Equalizer two, two, he found parking in Georgetown Watch on a Wednesday <laughs> on a school day. I, res- I respect that. I respect that. Like. <laughs> Get your butterfly yeah, right. Like, Get your butterfly right. Yeah. Come on. This butterfly farm. Get your butterfly right. It's okay. I respect it. It's in the same way of why I can never get behind Fast and Furious. Like, I don't give a shit how big of a blockbuster you're trying to sell. You're telling me you're drifting in the open road in fucking LA <laughs> at this hour of day in broad daylight with no trouble. Yeah. With this very little in the cars. Have you not seen LA? Midday on every any given day on a bright sunny weather. <laughs> Fuck you. No. Yeah. No. La the 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 speed limit signs are just there to mock you. Like you could be going fifty five on this. You will never I'm get that fast. <laughs> like haha. You could be going this fast. You're not motherfucker. Right. right. Yeah. It's no. more furious and less fast. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So I respect. I I respect the nitpick. I respect the nitpick. Yes. Right? They're going to show it in a movie. It's it's front and center. Someone's going to notice it, and you're the person. And that's great. Somebody's got to notice the details, it, it's, damn it. It's, it shocked me when you said that. Well, it's like, I was asked, so one of the books I was... It's kind of like a country magically speaking English the entire time. Oh my god, yeah. Hold on. Well, Don't do it. I was, uh, do it. I'm doing it! I'm doing it! I'm still mad at Mulan! I am still mad! <laughs> 
I am forever angry at this movie for fuck it forever. And he's back. So, you went through an entire episode last time and did not curse Mulan. We were wondering what was wrong with you. So yes, I would back. sacrifice a small child to undo this movie. Wow. Oh, so Daniel, um, if you haven't noticed yet, Marvin doesn't like Mulan, the CG, the live action, the live one, action right? yeah. that came out. He's been saying this for the past since we started this. It's like seven, what, right, seven, eight episodes in now, right. and he's still been harping that this movie should die. We actually did an actual, an actual um, the, um, review of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't been it released could, yet. It wasn't enough, I guess, to just oh, get a review. Had to keep reviewing it, it sounds like. You know, oh, yes. things are yes. like that. It requires a lot, like it, the so sacrifice of you a small... You haven't seen Save it? yourself the torture. <laughs> I was like, now I, do I want to? <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> well, just, just watch the animated one. The animated one is right? just It's fine. such a classic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will legitimately sacrifice several small wow. children wow. to yeah. undo the that, atrocity yeah. of this movie. Keep your children away stuff. from Marvin. There's a lot of children. There's a lot of CGI action, a lot of string action. And I will, uh, I will ritualistically sacrifice all the CGI children in all that the movie. Okay. Well, right. even, the chicken, <laughs> even the CGI chicken? That the flu? C- Especially the CGI chicken. Look, if, if, if fucking China can kill all the birds during the bird flu season 10 years wow. ago, I can goddamn kill the CGI chicken. Wow. You heard me, Xi Jinping. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay. But we did get surprised that you didn't say anything in the last episode when we were talking about We were about concerned. Love, we actually didn't. I was trying mind. to behave, but I can't. We actually talked so, about calling to see if you were doing okay. Yeah, we, we I actually heard that episode and I was surprised. I was shocked that you did <laughs> one time. But going back to this movie, we basically came to the end, basically come close to the end and stuff that he had tuberculosis, his his tuberculosis was getting advanced, and the whole poetry community came together and said, Hey, we need to you know, we need to move him to a warmer climate because he will not survive another British winter season. And these guys, I, this is the most surprising thing. I've never, even in, in Sacramento, I'm surprised how people even told him, it's like, we got the money together. We're going to get you on a boat. We're going to get you away to Italy. And Fanny was mad because it's like, we need to be together. And everyone was like, just let him go. Yeah, that was extremely unrealistic. I don't know if it's just the times, but dude, I've seen motherfuckers put up like several GoFundMes only to have like $10 donated to it. But this dude, this dude has like a mad group of people just sitting around going, we should probably put him here. No, it's not. We want to put him in a more temperate climate. Let's do Rome. You got a group of dudes who are willing to like put up money for that? I don't know anybody that that many people who would be willing to do that for one dude. No, no, he was that good. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, I mean, some people like Brown were wealthy Mm -hmm. and they got the luxury to be a poet. Yes, and that may have been the case for his other friends, right? So he just had he knew how to have friends with deep pockets. You know what I'm saying? No, no, Brown, Brown, no, 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 no. He knew how to like trick one dude who was rich (laughs) to fall in love with him. 
Again, I refuse to believe this man was straight after watching this movie. But see, he didn't leave his he didn't leave his child and his wife his um, lover or whatever to go move For with him. No, this was eighteen eighteen England. It was eighteen eighteen England. <laughs> yeah, it was a very very fucked up religious time. <laughs> so, so during the so it did have time lapse, like one like. One thing I didn't bring back up was just like you pointed out about um, can we um, the whole winter the winter's um, dinner when he came back for Christmas time and stuff. There were time lapses and stuff because mm-hmm. he went to the summer and stuff because he died in um, I think he died in 1821. So basically, if it's 18, 18, 21, that's three years. So that means they were basically together for three years and stuff while this was going down. Um, you couldn't tell that from the way things were going, but it, it was three years of this love infatuation and stuff. So with that involved, he and if you got to the end and you saw the movie and you saw the end of the movie where they basically point out about Keys thought he was um didn't believe, you know, thought he was basically a failure and find, you know, everyone find out later that he was the greatest romantic poet in the world. Just like just like Greg Gasp, the guy who made the Great Gatsby. This had to be Fitzgerald. one of those. Yes, Vice Scott Fitzgerald. This is one of those things that had to oh, come yeah, back Scott. up. Scott Fitzgerald, not Ellis Scott. Scott. God damn it. I said, Ellis. God, yeah. <laughs> I said John. I said John. I'm going I'm to admit that here. <laughs> he basically had to be looked back, just like Emily Dickerson and all the women. He had to be looked back and found, and they see that, hey, he's a good poet. He's a very, very good. He, uh, I can't believe said very, very. He is a respectable, sensational poet. Right. He wasn't underappreciated in his own underappreciated, life. Underappreciated, yes. But as, you know, he, well, he died of, you know, I mean, he was a romantic, 25. right? He died young, and it was really tragic and really epic and really whatever and emotional. So it was, like, really fitting, you know, for the types of things that he wrote and that he liked. And, you know, I mean, died how he lived, I guess, in that sense, you know, just I mean, really dramatically, I guess. You know, I mean, oh, I think you probably watched La Boheme way too much. I mean, you've got <laughs> like this is this is her attempt at doing you know an operatic tribute to a romantic poet, straight up with the you know dying of consumption and a seamstress and oh my god, yep, spot on. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I was I was shocked how how long they carried his casket from one place to another. I was like, good gosh. That's a long way of carrying this cassock around. Like, it's just good thing he was skinny. I would also like to point out for a man who was quote unquote dying of consumption, everybody was very calm about the fact that he had tuberculosis. Yes, that was another thing that caught my attention. They mentioned that he was quarantined for two weeks outside of Rome, but yet they were super okay with just standing that close to him while he had it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds very familiar to what we have going on right now. <laughs> hmm. I saw no masks worn. No Maybe masks. they should have <laughs> wore some masks. Just a little bit. Maybe they should have worn two masks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and another thing was a, a lot of the doctor's um, examinations. I think one time he actually had like warming. He had like oh, yeah, he was going to cup him. He's yeah, cupping? Yeah, cupping is a, a pretty traditional treatment. Yeah. Okay. It's fun. Okay. If you haven't done it, it's fun. It's painful. I like it. 
Oh. <laughs> okay, this is you. This is you, though. <laughs> like, I, I like cupping. It feels good. Hey, if you haven't had it, it's it's when basically you warm up the, the glasses and you put it on the back of the backs and it kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. It really sucks. That's why you get those it, little marks. Yeah, little whelps, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it's an interesting form of therapy. Yes. So we've we've talked about Does anybody else have anything to say about this movie? Anything? This episode is much tighter than the movie itself. You don't hopefully aren't wishing for any of us to die, you know. If John Keats if John Keats lived for two more years, he would have joined the 27 club. Oh, touche. I didn't think about that. Hmm. He died at 25. Mm -hmm. Just saying. He could have been there with Kurt Cobain and all the other greats who died at 27. I just couldn't make it. Darn it. Thomas Keats, you would have been the you would have been the pioneer of the club. Damn, founding member, if you will. Founding member, first starter. Damn. (laughs) But why don't we go into Snap Judgment? We're gonna go right now into Snap Judgment, where we rate a movie with snaps. Three snaps. This movie's excellent, fantastic. Needs an Oscar. Needs all the stuff. Two, it wasn't that good, but it wasn't that bad. One snap, this movie needs to go into the trash or any kind of burial area that if anybody's done, well, that'd be messed up. I was going to say anybody dying, COVID, throw it in there with them. Let them bury it with that sucker. He's so gone. move on. One star is move on. Then, right? Oh, oh my no, God, no, 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 no. Okay, Mulan just here, you know. very special. <laughs> yeah, Mulan has its own category. In my last show. episode. Sorry, I just had to say it. I'm sorry. In my last episode, I said Mulan is going to get put into a box and then oh, to right. another box that gets chained up and thrown into the goddamn ocean. Okay. Now in this episode, I'm also willing to <laughs> sacrifice, you know, What's it going to be next? I mean, that's pretty, you set the bar rather high. So, Danielle, you have started something that has been going on for every guest who's ever come here. And started next, next episode, I might beseech white Jesus to save us from this. Ooh. See if it works. I mean, it's worth a try. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. what we're going to do is a little bit different this time. This time, I want y'all to actually throw your actual number to the camera. We're all going to close our eyes and then we're going to open up and see what we got. For halves, you can, if some, okay, so I will show you. So if you're going to basically do a one, a one and a half or two or three, if you're going to do a one and a half, you got to go one and a half. This is your half. Okay. It's a half. Okay. This is your half. This is going to be your half. Okay. So if you have one, two, whatever, this is going to be your half. Okay. So, all right. So, close your eyes. We're going to count to three. And then you're going to throw it onto the screen. We're going to open up and see what everybody got. All right? All right. Here we go. Close your eyes, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> trying to cheat. I was trying to cheat. <laughs> you were trying to cheat. <laughs> close your eyes. All right. I'm still one. pretty concrete on my score. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> one. Two. Three. All right, open them up. Check what you got. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. all right. Auntie Vice. around the same. Auntie Vice, you're always in sync with me. I so fucking dig it. I fucking dig it. Out. So I. You're too nice. So, 
Danielle put a one and a half. Indeed, yeah. Um, Marvin put a one. Did you put a one? I put a one. And Auntie Bice put a one, and I put two. So we so pretty typical. I feel like it's a pretty typical scoring for this the 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 normal host. Sharon is a lot kinder. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) kinder than Auntie Vice and I are. Wow. Okay, Sharon, I'm gonna say this in a very complimentary way because it's the truth. You're a very kinder individual than either of us. Yeah. I am an asshole. I am willingly admit that I am an asshole about a lot of things and a very judgmental one at that. Okay. Auntie Vice, you I cultivate just a mine. I cultivate <laughs> my level of asshole. Yeah, Auntie Vice is just a badass. Doesn't matter. She'll fuck. <laughs> she does whatever the fuck she wants, and I, I applaud that. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Clown orgies, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> so Danielle, explain why yeah. you gave a one point five snaps to White Star. Uh-huh. I gave one and a half because despite its many failings of dialogue and character development, I thought the use of natural symbolism and imagery was effective and it did kind of put it in line with romantic capital R romantic poetry. So I was maybe a little bit intellectual with mine, but that that's where I was going with it. I was like, okay, she showed a lot of nature um, and you know, some themes and things like that that would have been in the poem. So that was effective visually, could have done without much of the dialogue <laughs> and would have wanted to see lots more um, from the characters and everything we, we already said. But yeah, so it's my, right in the middle of three, one and a half. Okay. Yeah. Marvin, why'd you give it a one? <laughs> okay, so I personally felt you were 11 years too late I'm getting me to review this again. Like, as I said in the beginning of this review, you asked me 11 years too late. You should have gotten me. You should have gotten me when I was wearing girl jeans and I want guy liner. I, I want pictures. I will send them to you later when I can find them. The hair length is the right length. It's just it's missing the hot blonde highlights at the moment. Yeah, I want pictures. But you, know, you, you asked me at the wrong time of my life, John. I would have no, and like Danielle, I, I think personally, I would have loved this for what it was. It's poetry, while tamed by a lot of standards today, does evoke a very romantic feeling. It does the scenery does find a very calming way that I feel that emphasizes a lot of work and does complement the director's ability. I just, however, now being the pessimist, pragmatic that I am find that it cheapens a lot of what Keats is uh, as an individual. Like, and I think given the rich yet short life that he unfortunately had, a lot still could have been said about his story and with just a few additions. Okay. Auntie Vice, why did you I, give I, this movie a one? I'm with everybody else. What it had going for it was the visuals and drawing on the romantic um aspects of it um jane campion just needs to stop <laughs> i'm sorry i fucking hate her films retire be I am, done with it <laughs> i am still fucking blown out of my mind that she di- she directed this at 40 and she wasn't in no, her early 20s 50. i'm sorry 50s I, uh. Like even how, more. How was she not a teenage girl? How is she when she's still a director? This? She does fucking bad films. 
And I, oh. I was convinced she hates women. I'm convinced she hates women. So yes, <laughs> oh. Jane Campion needs to stop. Um, and I put it in the one because nobody needs to see this. It's it's fine. It can, <laughs> it can fall to the back yeah. shelves and you know get dusty. And I agree. <laughs> wow. Well. Well, what would 2009 Marvin give it as a rating? 2009, I can't help. 2009 Marvin want to give this shit two and a half stars. Two and a half? Okay. Two and a half, yo. So 2009 <laughs> Marvin is closer to, to 2021 Sharon. Why'd you give it two? Why'd you give it two? I'm going to say my piece of right. why I give it two. One reason why I gave this thing two because, yes, just like you, I stood there... Well, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my rose and my hatchet. Okay, so here's my rose. The the reason why I gave this thing a two was the fact that the movie itself did show a romantic side of their love, even as all the flirtation and all the other stuff. There was something there that no one else could formulate in their mind. Going, why are you loving this poor homeless man? He's living here as a bum. But she wanted to be with him because of his mind. She was infatuated. She wanted to be with him after her, his brother died. Scary thought. But she wanted to be with him. And she even she had all the thoughts of how to make this thing work. I mean, from uh, I'm going to work as this, I'll, I'll just let me marry him. So all the little stuff, she really wanted to be with this guy. Even when he was getting ready to leave for his little summer trip or even when he was getting ready to leave to Roma, she thought... I need to be with him. That was her point of her life. That was what's in her mind. She wanted to be with him. She didn't care about anything else, but she wanted to be with him. That's a good plus. Uh, second, I've looked at the movie. It did, it did end like, I hate to say it, it did end like a Titanic moment where the fact that he died at the end and we've all seen Titanic and Rose lives at that thing thing and let's go of Leo to go down. There was enough room on that that raft. That's <laughs> that all I'm telling you. There's enough fucking room. <laughs> Not feeling it. <laughs> but unfortunately, just like everything else, they have to kill off one person. So they kill they off could have intermittently. Okay, they could have intermittently changed <laughs> sides on that fucking raft. There was enough fucking room on the raft. <laughs> also, also, if we're gonna get onto Do this Titanic thing, yo, that, she was just living out some vicarious poor man porn. Life. She was like, I just want to know what it feels like to be with the common man. That love would yes. not have lasted in the new world. Fuck yes. you. The moment she had to realize that she had to work for some food, she would have been like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going back to the rich woman's life. I can't do this. I, Dude, I still no. like the summer she's artist in Titanic as well, right? So it was another sort of artist. Uh, yeah, exactly. Time, it's so. just some pure fantasy <laughs> on her part. The moment that she realized she would have had to work for food, she would have fucking fucked off <laughs> back to the dude. And she's like, no, I can't do this. She's like the every goddamn Instagram model who thinks they can like wow. live off someone. I have a lot of misgivings these days. You do have a lot of Again, 2009 Marvin would have loved this shit. You should have reviewed him during 2009. He would have given the best review. <laughs> but point being, my hatchet. The movie had a lot of moments where the emotions were gone to 2.7 and above. Actually, they went up to 11. They were doing freaking 11. Yes, I did do a Spinal Tap reference. Sue me. I am saying that this I'm all for the Spinal Tap. <laughs> This movie itself went into points where even I was like, is she, is he going to punch 
out Brian for what he said? Is Franny gonna basically die for starvation? I thought she actually cut herself because they showed the wrist of her, and I thought I saw a hole. And I was like, did she just cut herself? Toots couldn't get her up. Samuel was looking at her. Her mom was like, I can't. Her mom was like, I don't, I can't, I can't do this with you. you <laughs> I thought she was like, you know, you need to get your ass up and do work. I mean, come on. Pull your shit together, girl. Get out of bed. Well, yeah. I thought she was going to shake her in the bed. I mean, mom was being too nice. I ain't going to say. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm still nice. never going to get, I still will never get over. Mother, Fanny's asking for you to get her a knife so she can kill her. <laughs> Sit on a butter knife and go, bitch, try. <laughs> she would have tried. You know, she would have tried. It's a plastic knife. It's like, mm, okay, and, get How serious farm. are you? And she had a butterfly farm. A fucking butterfly farm. In the house. Oh my god. What, what killed a, me? A 40 year old woman wrote the most emo scene kid movie. That butterfly farm died, and then all those maids had to clean that crap up. That was a messed up. That was, I was laughing my ass off at that. They're taking <laughs> out all the dead bugs. But that's the reason why I gave it a two. I think out of the movie itself, it did try to show a message, and it actually did bring up more information about Keith that I did not know about. So this did formulate a good response to me looking at Keith and looking at um, Fran, um Fanny's life. Clear uh, side note: Fanny did move on to be married. Later, that whole point where she was walking around at the end and into the way beyond and stuff, she was that way for two years, and then they got re- they got married to some other guy. But she had his letters; she still had his letters. Yeah, like she had her kid. own kids, and mm-hmm. then apparently the kids salaciously fell in those letters and published them after yes. she died. Yes. So there are some interesting points on that on that part. But but here's a here's the final question I'm going to ask. Would you recommend this movie to a poet, a non-poet, or both? Danielle? Depends on the age of the individual. Because I agree, a younger, like, person who's an adolescent, maybe, um, might, you know, appreciate some of the highs and lows going on and might, you know, might really enjoy it. And so I think, you know, poet, especially um, of, of a younger demographic, but even just, you know, someone else who's fanciful and romantic and all of that might really get something out of it. Um, I think poets, there's some poets that I can think of that might enjoy the parts where John and Fanny are speaking to one another in one of his poems and using it as sort of a dialogue. And I think maybe certain parts of it, some poets would be like, oh, that is so awesome. Like, oh, I, I love that. You know, so I could see like little bits and pieces of it being pretty appealing to probably Poets more than non-poets in that sense, especially because they read like an entire poem um, over the credits, uh, you know, so it's, just, it's clearly, you know, they were trying to sort of appeal to that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a poet, if anyone, a poet, but yeah, I'm not going to really recommend this on a regular basis, <laughs> I would say. So you wouldn't you wouldn't do this in a poetry class, what you're saying. Right. Yeah. If there was like, yeah, like a freshman in college and they're in a poetry class or something. Okay. <laughs> a little keys moment. What about you, Marvin? Oh no, I completely agree with Danielle. I I think it really definitely does depend on the demographic. I would not <laughs> recommend this to our slam circle. Like I would keep this away from them with a twenty foot pole. To be honest, very with you. good point. But but again, 
2009 Marvin, fresh out of his emo phase, just f- newly fell in love with a girl. Oh yeah, he's to- he's totally getting this movie. And then his his English AP lit courses are totally going to be watching this. And then <laughs> his English 101 in college, totally going to watch this, but not the slam wow. circle. Wow. Not gonna, the slam circle. This, so this, this, is your chick, this is your chick flick, huh? This is oh, this mom. is totally 2009 Marvin chick flick. <laughs> Would not recommend, period. <laughs> Skip. Ain't worth watching. Don't encourage Jane Campion. Don't encourage Campion. <laughs> oh, not even a thought? Nope. 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 I, you know, they could take it off streaming services and I wouldn't be sad. I am low-key mad that I had to rent this movie. Okay. I know. I was like, why is this not free? Like, you you made me rent this movie for three fucking dollars. I did did it. At least, at least you had the foresight to let me watch. uh, What was it? Um, Speak to me in poetry, which was free. (laughs) Oh my God. If you made me watch that for three goddamn dollars, I would have charged you for my time. You get that Venmo request. You're like, what Why are you <laughs> requesting three ninety nine, Marvin? Because you made me watch the fucking movie, and I had to pay. Oh for no, 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 no! First off, I would build. I would have <laughs> built him like my like my job. I build my job when they send me over to another city. Right. First, you're paying for the movie itself. Secondly, I'm making you pay for that time I wasted. I am two hours less a person than I right. was before watching Any snacks movie. you ate, that's a per diem, right? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> per diem right there. And oh, then the fact snap. that you're making me review this and have to relive that fucking bullshit. Oh. oh. Wow. Daniel, and then Mulan, by the way. Mulan, Mulan is double overtime. It's not just oh. overtime. It's double overtime. It was, it, was his, it was his subscription. I don't know why he's tripping. You bought the subscription to it. Actually, you had a whole pool of all your people you knew that said, hey, let's get this. And you saw it. And, y'all and we're all equally it. mad. Yes, you all It's because Disney is the devil. Because <laughs> Disney is a soul-sucking, cash-grabbing devil. Fuck you, Disney. And fuck that white director. Any fun uh, show, especially you for saying you support uh, the Hong Kong police. Okay. Yeah. And because you are willingly filming this in a Uyghur fucking work camp. Fuck you. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, anything else? yeah, I have a lot of. Uh, that, that's a whole nother episode. We'll, we'll put you on that. make a thesis statement. I'm out sure of you this. could. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see that for the next episodes, so you can so you can keep it keep your chain going because you you kind of broke your chain a little bit. <laughs> and, but, and Sharon, who would you recommend it to? All right. So you know this is this is actually other really, poets clearly. So this could be. <laughs> I could see this movie to be somewhat of a, um, a poet for keys. If you're basically doing a keys um review. And just want to show some of the poetry, and then get them to point out, "Hey, what was that? What was that from? Oh, what was that from?" I can see that as a love story. Mm. Hallmark does it better. <laughs> Definitely watch this true. movie if you're like writing a book report about Keats, and you need them spark notes. But the scenery was sensational. The landscaping was sensational. So let's give that up to it. Um, even though Cam Camion was basically uh Campion was basically writing up a whatever teenage, I think, love story, the scenery she found was breathtaking. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So we'll take that. Thank you, Danielle, for coming out and being with us when we're doing this episode. I know my my lovely co-hosts have their opinions, but we enjoyed your opinion also. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It was a pleasure. Thank you for her. But if you'd like to let everyone know your social media so they can follow you if you want them to, please let everyone know. Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram username is divamet, D-I-V-A-M-E-T-Z. And yeah, give me a follow. Um, Like I said, I'm going to be writing every day in February. Hey, some of that might make it to Instagram. I'm not sure. We'll see. See how it goes. Boom. Marvin? Yeah, you can find me at starvinmarvin09 on IG. Instead of all the Moonlong curses, you can, please. Yes. Uh Auntie Vice. <laughs> you can find me at Auntie Vice on most social media. And in February, you can find me on the 19th doing the main stage event for Capital Storytelling about a different kind of love. And you can find me February 27th through Black Thorn um, in Oakland teaching, ouch, um, aging, chronic illness, and kink. That's a thing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like. Ouch is a, okay, that's, that's definitely. Okay, yes, and you can find Iambic, Iambic Poetry Podcast on all streaming medias. If you can also look into Iambic Zine, that is I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. We're on everything. Thank you for coming to see us. We give this movie a 5.5 out of 12. F- wow, that's a, yes. Wow, we couldn't give you a half. Okay, I'm gonna throw a 2.5 next time. Okay, <laughs> don't inflate it. <laughs> but thank you, it's okay. Much. 2009 Marvin would have given this two and a half. That's all that matters. There's a number. There you go. But thanks to our star guest here, Danielle, follow her and be with her. Everything. Thanks to my co-hosts. Auntie Vice and also Marvin. I am Sharon Smith. I don't know why I'm yelling. <laughs> Check it out again at Real Poetry, where we do poetry, pictures, and popcorn. A new slogan. <laughs> Lates. <laughs>